Ungefragt. Ungefragt. Listener, we welcome you to our freshest and newest tech and design radio show here at Ungdoms Radio at 98.7 and 89.5. With me, Jesse <laughs> And me, Laura. Yes. <laughs> In this show, we always discuss all things tech, digital, design, psychology and more. And we also cover interesting events around Denmark. So, to put it short, we just discuss everything that's new, really exciting and relevant to specifically you. Yes, exactly. And maybe to to bring you on board a little more, uh, let's quickly talk through what we have discussed in this show before. So, the very first topic uh, we had focused on different roles and job titles in the design field and then um, uh, as a continuation from that we discussed workplaces and then we dive deep into the future of technology and uh, last time we talked about the creative work processes so everything around how to get started how to where to gather in inspiration um, how to come over a creative block where does innovation and inventions come in and so on yeah last time was super super interesting uh, and i do hope that you have enjoyed it as much as we did talking about it um, by the way this is a good time to say that this show is inspired from and a continuation of our ongoing podcast Digital Nordic Creatives, which you can find very easily on your preferred podcast platform. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. We even have a website which will be looking very, very cool soon. So yeah, go go check it out and go listen. So let's get into it. Um, last time you... You, Chessie, introduced a new new habit in our show to first check in with each other and what we have been doing the, for the last week or two or or what do we have planned ahead. And you also talked a bit about your new framework around productivity and how to organize your life and how to balance it um, around different themes like work and play and and fitness <laughs> yes yeah. it's true oh my god so how has that been going 
my uh, completely structured freak personality is finally shown <laughs> even on the radio <laughs> but this is who I am and I'm proud of it I'm proud of being <clears throat> so structured even though it doesn't always work actually most of the time it doesn't but I really try <laughs> but it's good to have a plan right it's good to have a plan and if it doesn't work out well at least you had a plan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I did. I talked about the framework um, work, play, push, fit, where every week I try to do one of each. Um, and every day I use some hours on doing work, obviously, <laughs> because I have to live out of something. Um, and then I try to be fit. So I try to do some physical activity every day. Um, today it... This is my physical activity <laughs> okay? <laughs> because I don't have time to do it. Um, but otherwise, every day I try to go to the gym. Uh, I've been quite successful with it, I must say. I've joined a okay. lot of... Um, with, with, the, with going to the gym, the fitness part. Yes, yeah. the fitness part. Um, almost every day I've gone to the wow. gym. Wow. <laughs> yes, so proud. Impressive. <laughs> When people are like getting, you know, autumn is coming, people are hiding in their homes and you're just <laughs> you just go out there and do the opposite. Yeah, and I figured out that the secret of being successful at it is to do it right after something else. <clears throat> in my case, do it right after work. So if I finish work at four, at four oh one I need to keep my mind at Uh, focused at going to the gym and luckily my gym is close to my work so it works out pretty well and then I just uh, after work I run to the gym to uh, attend a class or just do some strength training with the Nike app um, but it also this framework only works if I plan on Sunday on Sunday I need to fill the framework with What work do I have to do during the week? What kind of play? What kind of push and what kind of fit? Um, and I always fail at the play part. It's so okay. hard. <laughs> I need some play counseling. Uh, and, I, and luckily I've had a colleague prescribing me a video game that I can play. <laughs> wow. um, the game is called, um, what is it called? The Wolf Among Us by Telltale Games. You can see I'm already sounding like a video game nerd. Yes. <laughs> have you tried it? I have tried it. It's um, a narrative game. So it's very much like watching a movie and being part of a movie, like making decisions for the actors. So it sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Let's play it together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I Is would be saying this, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it can be, but <laughs> right now... If you're I'm, creative enough. If you're creative enough, yeah. Uh, right now I'm playing and my boyfriend is watching. <laughs> <laughs> but we're making the choices together sometimes. So, yeah, it the, the framework is working. But I do feel like I spend a lot of time planning and less time doing stuff. <laughs> so I feel very strategic right now and not so tactical. Probably it will last for <laughs> some time and then you'll naturally get in this rhythm and you you drop the planning part and start actually doing more mm -hmm. do you what feel about if, you? if you would um if you would just drop the framework right now would you stop going to the gym every day do you think i think so really okay. because i only go there if it if i have planned it if i plan it on sunday and i book those classes then it's on my calendar and my phone reminds me hey at four o'clock you have to go to the gym And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> If you say so, phone, then I'm going to go. <laughs> Being your own boss. Yeah. What about you? How is your non-framework framework working? <laughs> I don't have a framework, uh, but I do have a to-do list that I fill in every day or for the next couple of days. That it, doesn't, it doesn't have different themes, but it's just a to-do list. And that pretty much keeps me focused mm -hmm. when do you do it do you do it um, before sleeping in the evening or in the morning in the mornings yeah right before you know when you go to work you sit down and then you're like okay so what's the first thing that i have to do and uh -huh. then your mind starts 
going through all of the million tasks that you <laughs> need to get done and then you really need to structure it and write it down and that's that's when it com- comes in handy. Mm-hmm. I understand that and actually I've also starting do- started doing the same. So with the big framework, you have the work framework and within the work framework, I have a to-do list okay. for the day. Wow. And I also <laughs> use the boxes, you know, the typical boxes that need to be ticked and every time I tick something it's just like (laughs) oh yes (laughs) I totally get it (laughs) do you use the same boxes I I don't I just cross it out but the feeling (laughs) is I I, I guess it's the same (laughs) just done definitely well it seems like we get a lot done then (laughs) yeah and you are very structured, I can see. <laughs> Only structured, not not really doing anything. <laughs> Only structuring it. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I think you're also doing a lot. Yeah. So we well, have, we have actually been doing a lot. We are doing a lot, and and. Uh, also, I don't know if only during the weekdays, um, but but also, also in the weekends. Mm-hmm. It's true, and actually, this is what we are going to talk about today. Today's theme would be the most recent happenings, the conferences we attended, and the mm-hmm. events that we've been, and all that exciting stuff that's going to happen. Yes, because it is a part of a designer's life to attend conferences. It's it's um, naturally in the to-do list <laughs> to use your it weekends. It just happens. Yeah, <laughs> it really just happens. Um, so we will discuss two events that we went to. I went to the TEDx Aarhus local event um, this Saturday, and you went to... We love graphic design in Copenhagen. Ah, oh, that sounds so exciting. It was. <laughs> and, and except for those, we're also going to talk about two other events which are more regular, um, about monthly meetups, one of them being UX Coffee, which just started yesterday uh, in Aarhus. And the other one is Ladies That UX Aarhus, which we so happen to be luckily the founders of. (laughs) Really exciting. And you're going to hear more about it after a short break. Tell 
tell me, turn that music down. It's like, nah, ma, this is it. It's gonna get us out of here. This is the vibe. Jeez, why do you keep on playing the same thing over and over again? I said, ma, I'm fixing it, you know? I'm getting the groove right. It's gotta be funky. You know what I mean. And welcome back to Ungdoms Radio here at Digital Nordic Creatives Radio Show at 89.5 and 98.7 with me, Jesse and Laura on the microphone. Welcome back. <laughs> yes. So if we if you've been listening for the previous 20 minutes, we talked about what we've been doing um, the past week and what we're going to talk about today, which is some of the events that we attended in the weekend and some of the events that are uh, occurring quite frequently, uh, almost monthly or weekly. Um, we're going to tell you about that very soon. But we are going to start with this weekend's events. I have attended TEDx Aarhus event and Laura attended We Love Graphic Design Conference in Copenhagen. What is I love We Love Graphic Design Conference all about, Laura? Thank you for asking. It was, well, We Love Graphic Design is actually a reoccurring uh, event. <coughs> It has been ongoing for oh, many, many years, maybe around seven It is an annual design community seminar uh, and they really organize it to celebrate the amazing world of graphic design and it always happens on the 1st of October. And each year they invite speakers from uh, Denmark and abroad with the aim to share inspiration of the most creative graphic designers right now. Okay. And it's... Arranged by HK Graphic Communications and VIF, and um, well, it's it's really a, a actually a close community event, which makes it even more crafted and more nerdy. And the out like the key takeaways are really really useful if you're actually in the field and the designer yourself. Mm -hmm. I see. So if I didn't attend, which I didn't, um, what would be my expectation before going there? Well, I also have, had not attended it before. So mm -hmm. before this Saturday, I, I didn't really know what to expect <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay graphic design here <laughs> maybe something inspirational but how did you find it oh was my colleague who okay. invited me who has been participating for six years I think okay so there's I was like okay there's reason to go back so must be a good event and mm -hmm. it really really was I feel very inspired and Well, it was uh, a lot about both digital and and analog, the real world design, mm -hmm. and the, where's the the border between those, or maybe how there is none anymore, mm -hmm. which was basically the topic this year. <coughs> really? Oh, this is so curious. Um, so there is no borderline between digital and analog. Well, this is what I could take away from all the talks that I heard that that design is everywhere. It's not just either digital or or editorial these mm -hmm. days. 
mm-hmm. it has to be everything. Did you also feel it once you entered the room or the venue? Did did they also play with uh, interior design to illustrate this in the atmosphere? It's quite interesting that you ask because it actually happened in um, in the place called Black Diamond in Copenhagen. Oh, that place is cool. <laughs> that place is very sort of mysterious, but also um, uh, a design uh, accomplishment itself. So it was a very <laughs> good uh, venue for this specific design event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, you could feel with this Saturday morning at around 11 o'clock, there were like around 200 people, I guess, mm-hmm. going in this diamond place and there was this um, soft buzz going around before and people had coffee and croissants then eventually everyone entered a a big hall a theater hall it it was it had this um, atmosphere of maybe a movie place it's (laughs) kind of dimmed lights and and a bright stage with a with a smiley face a huge smiley face on the on the screen <laughs> that was this year's visual identity oh yeah so so there was a lot of excitement and then the first talk mm, was a real real like a kickstarter a very energetic uh, performance by a design duo mm-hmm. did you go there alone or with your colleague I went there with my colleague. Okay. Because sometimes going alone might be a bit nerve-wracking and a bit frightening. It's like, oh my God, now I have to talk to a thousand people (laughs) at once. Where do I start? But if you go together with someone, it's a bit more fun, right? For sure. Mm -hmm. We were very inspired after every speech. We're both designers, so we all this the whole day we felt like okay we need to go right now we need to start designing restaurants or <laughs> or whatever the person was talking about on the stage we we're like this is so inspiring <laughs> oh wonderful so what were the who were the speakers where were they from and what did they talk about how many were there many speakers like how large was this event it wasn't actually too many it was just enough for a day uh, there were six speeches and they mm-hmm. were, um, well, very, very creative people from Denmark and abroad. And, well, I'm going to talk about maybe three of them mm-hmm. that I got the most out of personally. And, uh, well, let's start with the first one I already mentioned. The first um, keynote was a very, very energetic performance by a creative duo called Anton and Irene. Anton and Irene. It sounds like a Superman duo. (laughs) Superman and Superwoman. I guess you could say that because their background is pretty impressive. They are actually, it's a design studio, two people based in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. And Anton and Irene are mostly friends, collaborators, they're designers, <laughs> perfectionists, as they call themselves, and definitely travel chunkies. They... Sounds like you and I, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but they also love to give a lot of uh, speeches and they love to share their knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. They go performing very different seminars they're even teaching in universities they they really travel around the world to do that wow and they used to be a, in the the head of uh, of a big manhattan agency before uh, but now they quit and <laughs> and started doing what they really love to do no wonder why because doing what you love to do is is very important both for your career but also for your mind and soul. Um, so I I completely understand why they did it and why they came to this conference to inspire some more designers to do what they love to do, right? Yeah, and they surely did. Uh, it was a very good lesson for everyone and, uh, and their main point was that you can do great design regardless of your 
of your title or position as a designer that you should always aim for. For um, you should keep the authority of design and aim to do what you really need to do. So that was really inspiring. But maybe they could say a little bit about themselves. So I have a little uh, short clip mm-hmm. where they where they explain a little bit what they talked about themselves. Yeah, I would love to to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. So we are Anthony and Irene, and we have a design studio in Brooklyn, New York. Mostly we do interaction design, so we do websites and apps and things like that. But um, most recently we've started also doing some branding and some product design as well. Our presentation was about the importance of personal projects and how to start them, uh, what would be the inspiration for a personal project, how personal projects can help you in your client work, and how to basically waste money on personal project, but still keep it cool and enjoy it. And also very importantly, how to basic, how to get help from friends uh, who are talented, maybe in completely unrelated fields that you yourself are not, uh, and lean on their talents to help complete some of the work you want to do. A lot of what they talked about was their own personal projects and they emphasized it a lot that they really want to balance personal and commercial work. Um, it's actually very, very precisely said 60% client work and 40% personal work. Wow. <laughs> to keep their creative flow going and to keep themselves motivated. Okay, but what did they mean by personal work? I mean, I know what they meant with client work, um, the work that gives them money, but can't your personal work also give you money? And what kind of um, characteristics or what does it take for something to be a personal work? So one of the main reasons they mentioned they actually quit the big agency life and being creative directors was that they could choose their own clients and their own projects Mm -hmm. because very often these bigger agencies that have have uh, huge clients they want to only choose projects that um, provide salaries and can actually you know are financially good option but they would actually prefer to work on projects where maybe there's no money behind it or maybe there's no budget and it's just uh a really interesting topic to work with. Mm-hmm. So they could be as creative as they like to. Mm. So what is um, the top the top advice or the top key takeaway from this talk, if you would choose one of them? I think it would be what they said. Be like a designer, think like one, be bold and and hold the authority of your work high no matter what your position or title is. Mm. I think this is what I heard the most. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. And I think it really helps to hear it as a designer. And I'm sure if there are any designers out there, this is talking to their heart because designers have a hard time to be a bit more bold and um, talk for their work and defend their work and say this is what I love and that's why I did it so the money will come <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. so another interesting speech I heard was from um, Mark Porter an editorial designer and maybe let's let him say what he talked about himself Mm-hmm. He he's uh, actually um, an, a former um, the Guardian designer. So oh, really? He I love has the Guardian. A lot of a lot <laughs> of good, valuable advice. Okay, let's hear him. I'm Mark Porter. I have a design studio in England. We work with media companies, magazines, newspapers and broadcasters 
on editorial systems and identity. Well, I suppose I, I've been in this business a long time and I've seen a lot of changes. So uh, the first thing is that we have to be adaptable as designers. We can't keep doing the same thing. We have to be prepared to embrace new media and new ideas. Um, digital is the biggest change that's happened to me in my time in the industry and requires a completely different way of thinking. But it's very important to be open-minded and keep learning new things. Digital, you have to learn new stuff every day. But probably the most important thing that I have to say is that even though the media changes and the techniques change and the devices change, something never changed. The essence of good editorial design is all about storytelling and identity. And whatever new media come in the future, I don't think that will ever change. Wow, that was super interesting. <laughs> um, he surely has really smart things to do. And what he said about design being about storytelling really hit me in the heart. Um, what else did because, he... Because it's true, right? And, well, I could say that uh, if you look at the, the lineup for this event, he definitely is the most experienced designer. And I can say that because he has at least three decades of design profession behind wow. him. <laughs> and uh, as he said also in this short clip, he has seen, uh, witnessed the shift from from purely editorial, hands-on, craftsy design to completely digital uh, ecosystem of websites and all the, all the possible screens that news might have. And as he said, that this was the, the biggest change in his entire career. But to conclude this, his speech, I think the main takeaway was what you just said that design is still even though regardless of the medium is still all about storytelling especially editorial design wow beautiful so, so that was yeah it's always content out it's never graphic in <laughs> uh, and who was the last um person yeah, who I you want to talk about wanted to talk about a girl named Esther Lucky. Mm -hmm. She is a freelance graphic designer from Budapest. And her primary field of design is branding. And she talked a lot about how she has created identities for restaurants. And that is something completely, well, could say unique, especially for a digital designer, <laughs> that you can actually, you know, walk into the atmosphere of your creation and you can actually you have to think about every single thing that influences the experience and it's also both analog and digital but let's hear what what she said my name is esther lucky i'm from budapest hungary and um, i'm a graphic designer and also now a restaurant owner and a book publisher. Well, I think the most important thing is, uh, first of all, the source of inspirations, like to being uh, constantly inspired uh, by travels or anything uh, packaging around the world. Um, the second uh, is usability first uh, before design, especially when you're creating an identity to restaurant. And uh, the third is always uh, look uh, everything from uh, both sides, from the client side and also from the designer side. And uh, the biggest fun if you are your own client. I absolutely love what she said about taking something into your design from both the clients and your own personal perspective and and I can I, I just remembered some examples how she did it well for example she was working with um, a lovely lady who had a, a macaroon cafe and she had to come up with an identity and and actually how she put the the personality of the owner in the cafe was um, that she just 
they discussed about it, what should be the icon or or uh, what should be the visual um, focus of this brand. And she just remembered that, oh, but I saw a photograph of you and you were wearing a shirt with mockingbird pattern on it. Why don't we use that little bird in your visual identity in your cafe? Because it very much just represents who you are and this the the vibe of the cafe and or all of your doings. So so she actually hand drew a mockingbird and then created a pattern out of it and this became the the wall uh, the yeah the pattern on the walls of this cafe. So this is how, for example, she put the personality of the owner and her own touch into this new visual identity that she created. I can really tell how passionate you are about branding. <laughs> it's beautiful to hear. <laughs> and and it's beautifully exemplified with this example of her putting the mockingbird part of the personality of the owner into the restaurant. So everyone who comes and experiences the food, they also experience by like visually and with all of the senses the personality of the person who owns it that's very important and that's exactly what design and branding does they bring the essence the core of something to to light and to um the normal people to experience it's really beautiful and i think all of the talks that um that you prepared all of the clips were super inspirational so thank you for bringing them laura of course. Um, I'd love to hear about your experiences now, too. Of course you will hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will hear about my TEDx experience in just a short bit. Let's go first to a short break. Face the injection, kicking in, feel the effects in a second pace. It's not like the rest. One more drop, it'll put a fucking hole through your chest. Like, bam, now name your direction. Are you gonna go for the blue or the red one? Once you begin, use your way in. That shit hits, and you're in for the long run. A lot of signs of it, regret in your clear neglect. Could I have a in bed, bed, digging is all you know. No, no, no. Hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. And hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. Hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. And hey, try to chase my supply. When I touch base with the contenders, I relate the rules to remember. Don't cave if I let you in under my skin. Lights out by ten, like bam. That is to the dreams in your head. Days to the dreams in your head. Run out a drum, go get you some. That shit hits and you're in for the long run. A lot of sounds of it, regret in your clear neglect. Could I have a in bed, bed, digging is all you know. No, no, no. Hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. And hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. Hey, try to chase my supply. Go and get your own damn high, cause I got, I got nuggets. I got, I got, I got nuggets. And hey, try to chase my supply. Getting access to great ideas hasn't always
Welcome back to Digital Nordic Creatives here at Ungdoms Radio at 89.7. Um, here we are back with me, Jesse and... And me, Laura. Welcome Hello, back. Laura. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We just talked about the wonderful event Laura had been to this weekend, the We Love Graphic Design Conference in Copenhagen. Very inspirational what you talked about, Laura. And now it's time to talk about the event that TEDx I participated. or who's TEDx or who's yes, the very much expected event. Um, a new tradition in Aarhus, I must say. Um, there are when many. When was it? When did it happen? It happened the on Saturday, the sixth of October. And uh, TEDx should by now be a very well known um, conference organization um, from everyone. I, I haven't heard anyone not knowing what a TED talk is. <laughs> Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you talked mm -hmm. to anyone who doesn't know what a TED Talk is? I have, actually. Oh, People no. People have asked me, what is a TED Talk? Oh. What do you mean by TEDx? Or okay. I never think heard then, one. <laughs> I think then we have to, to clarify that to maybe some people who don't know what a TED is. Um, a TED Talk is. So TED is a non-profit organization devoted to ideas big, small, medium, all ideas that are worth spreading. It started 30 years ago. Wow, that's a long time ago, <laughs> if you think <laughs> about it, in California as a four-day conference. But it has grown to support the mission of spreading ideas with multiple initiatives. Um, there are two annual TED conferences. Uh, that invite the world's leading thinkers and doers to speak for 18 minutes or less. Uh, then many of these talks are made available uh, for free, actually, at TED.com or at their YouTube channel, where most of us look at them uh, or watch them. Then um, in these global conferences, the two global conferences, TED speakers have included people like Bill Gates and Sir Richard Branson, who apparently everyone likes <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and one of my favorite authors, Daniel Kahneman, who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow. Do you know that book? Yes, I do. I absolutely <laughs> love that book. It has yes. all the secrets of life. Everyone who hasn't read it, please go find it. Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, <clears throat> except for the big TED uh, conferences, which is made two twice annually, there is the TEDx um, conferences. And the X stands for independently organized events. So in the spirit of ideas we're spreading, TEDx is a program of local self-organized events that bring people together to share a TED-like experience. So for everyone who can't attend this glamorous, huge TED conferences, there is the opportunity to attend the same experience, but locally. So at a TEDx event, um, there are TED talks, um, so live talks, there are TED videos that are played, all of that, and there are also activities in between, and all of that is to spark deep discussions and connections. But you know what? I would let um, the organizers themselves explain it a bit better in a short uh, clip here. Getting access to great ideas hasn't always been easy. Back in the day, you'd only be in the loop if you were literate, educated, rich, and a man. Uh -huh. Good thing times have changed. The internet has made sharing ideas a breeze, and no one's doing that better than Ted. No, not you, Ted. I'm talking about the non-profit organization that's big on spreading awesome ideas. Twice a year, Ted holds this conference, where thought leaders from around the world give some mind-blowing talks. Then Ted sticks them online so you can watch them for free. Volunteers translate the videos, which means anyone can be inspired by the likes of Bill Gates, Malcolm Gladwell, or Jane Goodall. So what is TEDx? TEDx is a way for you to run a mini TED-style event in your own town. 
Hold talks around issues that matter to your community, free from corporate, political, and religious agendas. So take part. Don't stop watching videos at TED.com. Keep an eye out for your nearest TEDx event, and if you're up for it, apply to start your own. TED. Ideas worth spreading. TED ideas worth spreading. I love it. <laughs> it's so much in the spirit of what TED really is. Independently organized, great content, um, and just really a lot of fun and new people to meet. And now there was one right here in Aarhus. Yes. And you had the chance to participate. I did. I did because... As the listeners might know by now, I'm working at Designit, and Designit had um, two influences in this TEDx Ohus. We had made the graphics for TEDx Ohus, um, and also some short videos that were played during the conference. And also, we had one of the hosts, Phil Hall. The great Phil Hall, <laughs> my hero, <laughs> was co-hosting this conference. Um, everyone who participated knows what I'm talking about when I say Phil Hall, my hero, because he is truly amazing on stage. And um, he works as a content producer at Design It. But when he's on stage, he's a completely charismatic speaker who just has everyone laughing <laughs> Um completely he 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 just knows how to to handle the show and how to run the show but, but um, who else was there this year um there were Ours. many speakers um, yeah. TEDx was organized in three main sessions each session lasted one and a half hours and each session had three speakers who were supposed to speak for um 15 minutes and after the 15 minutes there were some question from questions from the hosts um, there were different topics but the main overall theme was look closer um, and I think the main overall theme um, was supposed to make us think of is is everything as we thought it should be or it would be so we needed to look closer at the people around us and we needed to look closer at ourselves and also try to dare and challenge first impressions that we have and first assumptions. So when we look closer and allow ourselves to get inspired, the whole world might change in front of our eyes. Um, so the topic itself is actually a, a very good takeaway already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. When I looked at the f at the theme, I thought, okay, what do I think of when I hear "look closer"? What do you think of when you hear "Laura, look closer"? To just pay more attention, I think, to every single thing or moment that you encounter during the day. Mm -hmm. That's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Um, I think I thought of something similar, but the speakers had quite a different approach to it. Each of them specialized in different areas, so they brought their background with them. I'm shortly going to run through what they talked about and who they were. Um, in the first session, it was Elizabeth McClure, a research specialist in creativity and learning, uh, actually her background was uh, research in children and media um, where she has studied how babies and toddlers use video chat uh, and apps like Skype to interact with their remote relatives. Um, and at, at TEDx Aarhus 2018, she had a closer look to creativity and the, the misconception that we have that kids are more creative than adults. Have you heard this before? Or have you thought about this before? I, we actually talked about it last time in the, in the show that kids have this natural way of creativity. Exactly. It's very related <laughs> to, to our previous episode. And uh, some of my thoughts were 
quite changed from what Elizabeth said because she stated that creativity is made of two main pools. It's the divergent pool and the convergent pool. And of course, it can only um, function well when these two pools coexist. So when we think about creativity, usually we only think about divergent thinking, about opening up and getting all the crazy ideas in. So she gave the example that when she was a kid, she had a tree house and in the tree house, she wanted to build a pool. Because of course, <laughs> when you're a kid, you want to have what's uh, impossible. The more impossible it is, the better. Um, and luckily, we grow up to develop some convergent thinking that l puts limitations on our crazy ideas and also help us see what is possible, what is possible to actually do. Because a pool on a treehouse might not be that safe for kids. <laughs> <laughs> but because we grow up and we develop this convergent thinking, we start... Um, making these ideas and these dreams a reality in, uh, in a possible way. So some people, when they grow up, they get stuck in the convergent thinking and in the rational thinking. They only think about limitations and don't let their inner divergent thinking alive, which is all about not having boundaries in your mind. And she said, well, the main takeaway is that Creativity is all about ba balancing your divergent thinking and convergent thinking. Um, and that's how you can make sure that um, it's always a, like a, when you both have the, the divergent and convergent thinking, it's always going to be a very productive idea session. <laughs> um, but she proposed to include kids in our everyday work as designers and not just you know um, design an app and then go and test it with kids but actually involving them in the co-creation process already from the first steps did she have any examples how it has been done before has it been tried <laughs> it has been tried apparently there yeah. is um the university of yale maybe in the u.s i don't yeah. remember exactly which university but they are doing it right now where um, they are um, involving kids, like not just taking kids in their office meetings because they are cute, but <laughs> actually involving them and letting them ideate together with the grown-ups, uh, hearing their voice and opinions because something wonderful might, might come out of it. That is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I kind of want to try it out now. I wish I could try it out. <laughs> Bring all the kids I know to workplace. <laughs> Wonder what my colleagues think of me. Exactly. Um, and then the, um, the second speaker, Anne Vinge, she was a music entrepreneur. And she was the managing director of uh, Lo-Fi, an online peer-to-peer -peer marketplace that brings people together for living room concerts. This talk was absolutely fascinating because... And Vinge believed that music can be understood not only as a noun, but as a verb. So music is not something that we do passively, something that's thrown upon us and we just passively listen to it. It can also be an activity that where the audience is an active participant of the event. So she talked about musicking being something that you actively do. Hmm. Mm. And that's because if you think about it, when you hear it, a piece of music, a song or the sound of the waves, you are taken into a journey together with that sound. Like all of your brain cells and your body move together in sync with that piece of music. Have you ever wondered why you just begin to dance when you hear a piece of music? It's just natural. <laughs> it happens naturally. Your body, our bodies are connected to the music and the sounds that we hear. And it was absolutely fascinating to, to hear what she was doing with this initiative. It's an, an initiative similar to So Far. I don't know if you have heard of it before. 
but uh, but it's very similar where you can go to someone's living room and there will be a band playing and you will have a much stronger connection to to the band to the music it's like a very intimate concert let's put it that way definitely yeah um, so these were the first two talks. And then the, f- the third talk was also pretty awesome by Melanie Rosen. She was a philosopher uh, at the Aarhus University. And she had a really interesting point of view about dreams. Because according to her, in dreams, we experience not only bizarre worlds of our own creation, but also unusual changes in our minds and bodies. So she tried to look closer (laughs) on our own dreams uh, and how we can use our dreams to empathize with people who have disabilities um, or difficulties or mind mind conditions. Um, So she talked a lot about lucid dreaming and if we actively practice lucid dreaming, it could be a really great way of meditation and relaxation Um, and again it can also help us empathize more for those who experience life differently so she gave an example of one time when she was dreaming and she woke up she went down the stairs to check how many bananas she had in her fruit bowl and there were two bananas and then she went up in the room and back to sleep And then she woke up again, paranoid that someone had stolen her bananas because she dreamt of it. And then she went downstairs and there was only one banana left. So (laughs) it was so realistic and she was not sure which was the dream and which was the truth. Mm, So whenever we have a question about our dreams, that is the girl we have to t- to direct ourselves to and ask. Melanie Rosen. <laughs> yes, Melanie Let's Rosen. Let's remember that name. At Aarhus <laughs> University. <laughs> um, and then in the second session, we had um, three other speakers. Um, one of them was um, an associate professor at the Technical University of Denmark who talked about networks, complex networks. What he did was an experiment where he gave out a thousand cell phones to freshmen at his university in an attempt to measure social networks and mobility. Um, Actually, what he figured out was that our social interactions are very easily trackable, just like our physical locations. Because think about it, if you live in a city chances are that you already have a routine of social interactions just like you and I do we come to the radio every second week and we record so that is what he found out that by having um by researching the social interactions of a thousand students he could predict what they would do in the next month or year he could predict those social interactions And another thing which was very interesting was that when people went for when people went for um, different activities, which were harder activities, he could predict who they would bring with them. Of course, they would bring their best friend. You would never bring um, a stranger to (laughs) like a hard experience. Sounds like you had a very, very interesting and inspiring day. Yes, I did. Um, I really did. And I wish that I could um, talk about all of them. Um, But of course, it's almost closing time for us, unfortunately. Um, Quickly, I would like to say that uh, there is a new gang in town, UX Coffee. We'll meet every week on Tuesday evening. For all of you UXers in town, please go and participate. And we also have Ladies That UX Aarhus Meetup. The next one is... In Nocebra. It's an e-commerce agency next to Dokwan. Yes, and it's on the 25th of October. So, today it was a pleasure to be here and talk to you about all the things that we've been gone through. Thanks for staying with us throughout this hour. 
Please remember to find us on your preferred social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, anywhere you are under the handle Nordic Creatives or at Jensi Larici or at Laura Korsma. Any feedback is appreciated. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.